Take two. Just one of you. <laughs> <laughs> greetings, the one folk. Uh, greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 72 of the Boring Lives of Interesting People podcast. I am Daniel. And I am Kitty Lady. That means K with K. Mesmero, the 27th PhD, a.k.a. the new little K. How old am I? I think you're 27. Okay, yeah, great. <laughs> pretty sure. Uh, I had a revelation the other night when uh, we decided that we were going to record today. And by the other night, I mean when... We, anyway. Uh <laughs> <laughs> for 70 now two episodes i've said interesting when i could be saying interesting and i feel like that would be easier for me to say because i feel like interesting when i'm saying the whole thing does not go smoothly but did i say interesting this time i did not will i next time probably not the boring lives of interesting people <laughs> podcasts you could just have it spelled out in front of you and have like a capital e in, in between the interesting interesting podcast <laughs> people whatever what is the show called <laughs> Uh, people? people? I think so. We are people. Uh, maybe. So how, how have you been in the <laughs> Potentially last... Potentially robots. <laughs> maybe. I mean, there's uh, enough wires and shit around us, probably. Alright. Uh, I've been okay. Um, school started again. Boo. And I know. How long of a break did you get? Like a week. <laughs> that's, that's not a break. No, it's not. Did you do anything fun in that week? Uh, no. I... I'm pretty sure I did nothing in order to try and recharge, and it just made me hungry for more nothing, so that's good. Well, yeah, okay. (laughs) It's like like a vacation of sorts, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, How are you? I I noticed your new special secret. Yes, uh, special secret I alluded to yesterday via the internet. My my leg is sore. I got another tattoo. Yeah. I am now, I I don't know, I kind of feel like I had multiple before because my one on my arm is like by multiple people and was in steps, but now I have them on different appendages. (laughs) I got a a tattoo of the Simpsons cat Snowball 2 with a slightly weird eye in in tribute to my cat Geezer because I have a problem already. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool and I like it a lot, but uh, my leg hurts and... (laughs) Oh no! I mean, is it like all oozy and gross? No, no. It was definitely that yesterday. As I was leaving oh. the the shop, the uh, the woman who's at the desk, who we've talked to a bunch of times, and I see her out in the wild, and she's like super cool, and she's like, because oh, usually the past couple times when uh, Katie and I have both gone there, they wrap our tattoos as they do when they're done, but it's on this like black square that has like a sponge in the middle. So then any sort of bleeding or any sort of ink runoff that happens goes into that, and it's not a problem. The mm-hmm. guy I went to yesterday, he was just doing a like guest spot in their corner for like the weekend, which is something they do pretty frequently. But this guy had like a bunch of Simpson stuff on his Instagram, so I'm like, I want to go to you. <laughs> and uh, he, unlike them, I guess, still does the Saran wrap, which is kind of an older school version of doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's just typical, you know, Saran wrap, like using your kitchen, and then he puts masking tape around it. And Katie Bear's theory was that it was because it's a little bigger than some stuff, but my arm one's large, and I, I don't know. Uh, so the the girl looked at it on my leg. She's like, "Oh, you're gonna need these." And she handed me some paper towels. And she's like, "You need that for the uh, the leakage." And oh. I was like, "Oh." She's like, "Yeah, I've ruined a pair of shoes that way." I'm like, "Oh my god, what?" She's like, "Yeah, <laughs> my legs are basically completely done. It's like all the way down." And uh, like I had a big one on my calf, and the ink ran into my shoes and dyed my shoes. But their shoes are black. You'll probably be fine. But here's these anyway. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, right, that's gross, but whatever." So I got in the car and I got home and my ankle felt wet and I looked down and on one side was all the was just like a bunch of dark gray and black and on the other side was red and what? I'm unsure if what was if the red was ink from the collar on the tattoo or blood it honestly could have been both uh, <laughs> and the other side was totally ink and I wiped it off and yeah she, I, I'm glad she gave me that I'm like it wouldn't have ruined my my black shoes but that was a first for me on this tattoo. And uh, this is the one time when I was getting it done, and I'm like, "Is this worth it?" Because <laughs> I did it my, hurt. Yeah, my arm like had some spots that stung, but this one like just straight up hurt. Like I was, and I was uncomfortable as it was because I was it's, it's on the back of my left calf, and I was laying on my stomach, and I was like, I had I was sitting on like my elbows for a while, and I was just poking my phone, 
And then, like, my shoulders started, like, kind of shaking just because my arms were tired. So then I, like, laid down with my hands on my forearms. And that wasn't comfortable either. And it was, like, that for, like, an hour and a half. And I was just, like, focused on being uncomfortable between that and just, like, on my leg. And I was playing my Animal Crossing game on my phone for the entire time, just killing my battery and hoping it would be done before my battery died. And it was... <laughs> But, uh, that's I'm, a victory yes I'm really happy with the results and uh, I had kind of a funny thing happen in that um, so when he first started he was doing the outline of it and he asked that I, I stop flinching or uh, tensing up which I, like, I, like I said it was, it was more painful than I was expecting than my arm one mm-hmm. and uh, like I was tensing up but I, I also think part of it was because since I was laying on the table and my leg was oriented the way they were my left foot was just like right in his lap and, when, uh, oh. and he had me take off my shoes, which I don't know if that's better or worse for it, like the intimacy of a tattoo. Because when I got my arm done, my hand was just totally resting in this guy's lap. And it wasn't a big deal. It's all part of this thing. But my, my toes were definitely on this guy's penis. And I would tense up and I'm pretty sure they would just like flick it. And then oh. and, and like I was tickling his balls or something. It had to be. And he, he's like, hey, like, I know it's like a little uncomfortable in these certain areas, but try not to tense up because you're, you're moving a little bit. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. OK, got it. We'll do. So it's oh, so awkward. Yeah. I mean, it was I'm sure this has happened a million, billion times. Like, I think about how much weird shit people that do tattoos or piercings encounter in their job. Like, I'm sure some guy who doesn't really want to handle a penis is pe- pierce a penis and is just like not stoked about it. But they got paid for it so whatever and just that's all, a good point yeah that's all gross. this like <laughs> like people getting tattoos on their butts and maybe they didn't shower and it's just like well uh, gotta got do it so i mean uh, they can like request that you go like clean up in yeah. the bathroom right i would think so but there's only no uh technical difficulties Yes, they can request you clean up in the bathroom. So you weren't <laughs> kidding about your internet potentially being shit. All right, we'll uh, we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry about that. I think it's because he's um recording or not recording. Oh my god. Um, streaming? streaming at the same time. Yeah. We'll tell him this has been going on longer. So priorities or something. I don't care if he's getting paid. <laughs> Whatever. We have seniority. We do. It's don't true. We? Yeah, we do. Anyway, so yeah, I have a new tattoo. My leg's stingy, but I'm very happy with it. That's good. It does look very good. Yes. I like it a lot. I'm really happy about it. Are you someone that would ever get a tattoo, or is that just not your thing? I don't know. Like, once I actually get myself in shape, because I'm starting to work out a little baby bit, cool. um, then I might, but not while I'm all fluffy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I really like the idea of tattoos, but it depends on what I end up doing for my career. Like, Dan can definitely get tattoos because he's just going to do entertainment for all of his life. Mm -hmm. But, like, if I end up going into law or something like that, I probably can't get a tattoo. That's fair. I mean, you would likely be in... Just going based off of uh, law stereotypes, I imagine you'd be in, like, a dress shirt or a a blazer of some sort or something. Some sort of thing that would have you covered down to your, your wrists. So maybe you'd be fine. Yeah, um, I I really want a sleeve because I like the idea of like what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I don't think it would go very well. <laughs> my my initial idea, and I was trying to get this uh, started over the summer, was to do a sleeve on my left arm, or at least like a half sleeve, that mm-hmm. was going to be both Simpsons based and aquatic, because aquatic sleeves are pretty regular. And at mm-hmm. the top was going to be Ralph riding the three-eyed fish. And as it went down, it would have, like, other minor references while also just being kind of oceanic. That's and cool. the person who I was trying to get in touch with to do it moved to Arcata from Davis and then <laughs> stopped responding to us. Oh, nice. Because Katie Bear was trying to get something done with her as well. And no dice. But um, That sucks. She's super talented. And, like, if I ever found my way up there again, which I like Arcata a lot, like, I'd be like, hey, want to remember me? Want to try again, you jerk? <laughs> so, but I, I might just keep going forward on that with somebody else but finding the artist is always a little tricky for sure I don't know I don't I feel like I go in and out of preferences too often to really get a tattoo so That's I fair. don't know I just do jewelry <laughs> <laughs> I kind of decided the like four things I really care about are like Simpsons Metal Super Mario and I guess my cat uh, what was the fourth <laughs> thing? There was some fourth thing that I thought of. 
This is not all. My, uh... Eh, I don't remember the fourth thing. Guess I don't care about it. Uh, so, yeah. Portland? No. Working out? Katie Bear? No, I like Katie uh... Bear. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember the last thing, but, uh... I feel like once you, like... Is it Animal Crossing? <laughs> it would not be, like, a new leaf. Or, oh, man, we could, like, a little leaf or, like, Keiki yeah. playing guitar. Honestly, if I if I had a, another dog with floppy ears, I would probably do, like, a KK stylized like them or something. That'd be cool. Oh, that'd be so cute. Now I gotta get the dog to match it. I don't think you can work <laughs> that way. I think you have the dog first. Um, and and my, my dream dog at the moment would probably be a Cory, so I don't think that really... Eh, it might work. Anyway. Could work. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been up to lately? Um, let's see. So... The weekend before school started, like the two days preceding school, uh, I went to a wedding in Hopland with Dan for um, some people in his family. They're very cool people. I really enjoyed seeing them. However, Hopland, California at this time (laughs) of the year is hot and horrible. And apparently they just had like a big old fire in Mendocino that I didn't even hear about until like I went up there. Is that standard spelling on Hopland? Uh, I guess it is. I'm trying to look it up on Google Maps to see where it is. Yeah, it's like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Nobody lives up there. Ooh, yeah, and, this, this place sucks. <laughs> yeah, and they have like a couple of breweries and wineries, but that's ba- basically it. And we had to take back roads because we were coming from um, like Yuba City. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was special. God, that is out of the way no matter where you are. Yeah, and literally no one is from there. <laughs> but for some reason this wedding was there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. It was probably a cheap venue or something. It was really nice. Like, the wedding was super nice. Um, There were only, like, a couple of, um, like, bug issues earlier on in the day as the sun was setting. But then it got, like, really nice, nice and cool. They had open bar. Nice. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm happy that they're married because they waited a really long time. And... Yeah, they deserve to be happy and together. Good. Yay. Yay, yeah, marriage. Models off for them. <laughs> yeah, right? But it was, God, that was a horrible drive. It was like two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't I, enjoy it. it was two hours and 20 minutes from here, and going from Yuba City, has got some other time, and just that drive to Yuba City to anywhere kind of blows. It does. Uh, it's, yeah. Yuba City itself is in the middle of nowhere, so. Mm-hmm. For uh, Christmas yeah. one year, my mom bought a, uh, a onesie that was like a Princess Leia onesie from like A New Hope for Katie Bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did ship to store, not realizing it was like at Yuba City, and they only held on to it for a week. So she's like, "Hey, oh, no. I, she's like, I know you have Friday off. I can't get off. Can you go pick this up?" And I was like, "All right, cool. I guess I've never been to Yuba City, but Google Maps will guide me." And I just got there, and the drive just kept going. And then <laughs> it was just like, "Oh, all right, I guess this is it." And I got it, and I picked it up, and I was like, "Well, I just drove like an hour here. Let's see what else there is." And I popped into a mall. And found like the one last FYF or Sam oh, yeah. Goody or some CD in a mall there, and I checked it out. And like they were like, "Oh hey!" Like kind of surprised anybody walked in there. <laughs> and I wound up not getting anything. And then I think I got fries from Wendy's, and then drove home, and then had to like hide my whole adventure from Katy Bear until after Christmas. <laughs> it's exciting, yeah. yeah. It's uh, that mall is certainly something. It's like a blast from the past. Uh, speaking of blasts from the past, um, <laughs> since we la- it's it's almost a segue. Uh, Katie Bear and I wound up going to the Yolo County Fair for the first time in a while. And, oh! And we had like my parents live right down the street from it, and it's just mm-hmm. never been something we thought about doing. But for some reason this year, I wanted to go to both the state fair and the county fair just to like walk around and see what what's the deal right now. State fair, mm-hmm. state fair, nothing's changed. Although the day that we were there, there was actually a uh, a monorail, like, I don't want to say accident, but suddenly sparks started raining down under the track on people and shit caught oh on God. fire. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, like, right after we left, and it was, like, a whole deal. But other than that, it was kind of just a standard fair. <laughs> so nonchalant about it because we weren't there. But, uh, yeah, right. it was – that was, like, something noteworthy that happened. And then um, – went to the Yolo County Fair and this is like 
I mean, you and I both grew up in Woodland for better or worse, and I don't know how what your experience growing up with the fair was, but we went every year, multiple days, and it's where you went to just go like look at people you knew out in the wild, <laughs> and it was never like fun, but it was like the thing to do because there's nothing else to do. And Katie Bear and I went, and I was like, God, I wonder how many people I'm going to see that I knew. We went at four o'clock in the afternoon on the last day, expecting it to be chaos because it's the last day and people got to get all their fair business in. Right. Half of like the space was just empty. So like oh. all these like booths that would sell just like shitty little guitars and inflatable like hammers and all this like weird fair specific stuff was just not there. Uh, a lot of the food vendors were, were missing. Like they still had your corn dogs and your cliche stuff, but they like apparently their key spots removed to other locations. I, I work with mm-hmm. somebody that does fair stuff with FFA and she got like all the inside scoop on it and like. I guess they jack prices about having like booths there and all this stuff. So people just didn't show up and it was like super empty. And then like the big, the big like hanger thing that they have, that's full of just like the tables of like Tupperware and fudge and whatnot. The biggest booths there where there's one for the Republican party that took up like four spaces and had (laughs) a, like it was ridiculously huge. It had multiple cutouts of Donald Trump, and in the middle of oh. all of it, it had a Washington Monument like model that was like maybe two stories tall. And I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there in you know for Trump in 2018, but they were they had a huge booth, but nobody was at it. <coughs> and then around the corner, maybe three spaces was Democrat booth, and they just had like. It looked like a backdrop of sticky notes and just like they still had uh, cutouts for Hillary and Obama. And I don't know what they were doing either, but it seemed their booth seemed more sad because it was very based in the past. (laughs) And then the rest of the fair was just kind of like rickety rides and uh, fried food. We wound up getting um, a pretzel that was covered in cheese and jalapenos. That was really good. But then we spent maybe 45 minutes there and like, well, I guess we've done it. This is not great that's so sad yeah. yeah i'd never been to the yellow county fair I, I think i'm pretty sure and i've never been to the state fair as far as i can recall so <laughs> <laughs> the state fair uh has like some legit entertainment and booths and stuff like they have a, a whole art competition that people enter into and then like they wind up having like kind of pop-up galleries and stuff and uh like when we went we went from all these booths and they had like um, they had like sculpture in one and paintings in another and then a stage in the middle of all these things. And at that time, it happened to be like an Irish step dance group that went out there. And nice. that was like kind of weird because I was not expecting that just to pop up. But I was like, oh, right. that's neat. And then that night, I think Night Ranger played because they get like the bands from the 70s that are still touring to pop in. <laughs> Right. Uh, a couple years ago, Smash Mouth played, and Katie would not go with me, and I'm still sore <laughs> about it. Uh, Blue Traveler played. Should go by yourself. Should be like, you know what? If you're not going to support me, <laughs> her sister and I talked about seeing them a different time, but that show wound up getting canceled. So I, I feel like one day I'm going to see Smash Mouth. It's going to be strange. It'll probably be better than I'm expecting, but ultimately the story will be better than the show. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I feel like the type of people who go and see Smash Mouth. No offense to you, but uh, they're probably very special people. Uh, I think people that are going for All Star and the Shrek songs are their own crew. And then, like, me, who only enjoys their first <laughs> album for, like, super nostalgic reasons, they just want to hear the ska shit, are going to be disappointed. That's true. That's a good point. Like, I want to, They'll probably play one song from the album, and then it won't be the one I like. And then I'll just be like, well, this was a strange thing I did. Hopefully I don't have to, have to, do not have to pay for this. <laughs> Um, so what else have you been doing? Uh, I turned 30. That was weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, leading up to it was actually really fun, though. Uh, I'm not super crazy about my birthday, but Katie Bear made it fun. Uh, the That's seven, good. The seven days leading up to it, or I guess the six leading up to it, and then the seventh day being my birthday, she gave me like a bunch of little surprises. On, on the first day, I came downstairs, or... I forget how I walked in the kitchen or the, f- the front room and she covered our blinds with um, 30 balloons and then a banner made of paper that said it is your birthday week, which is a reference to the office when Dwight throws a party for somebody that says it is your birthday. 
I love that. That was really cute. And then the next day we were hanging out on the couch and there's a knock at the door and she got up and ran towards the door, which is super atypical for Katie Bear. Because if somebody <laughs> knocks on the door, we wait till they leave to see what they want. And she got up, ran to the door, and it was somebody with pizza from this local place called Scenarios, which I've been talking about being great for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she ordered us a pizza, like, surprised me with a pizza for dinner. And then on the box, she asked them to draw a robot, and they did, and it was super cool. Aww. <laughs> the next night uh, was a Tuesday, and we, we go to Bingo at a pizza place nearby most Tuesdays because we're a million years old. But also, it doesn't cost anything to get in, and the prizes are actually pretty good. <laughs> it's like free pizza and stuff like that. So she, on, awesome. we have a chalkboard in our kitchen from Ikea, which we call our Ikea furniture by its Ikea name. So it's Lunds. <laughs> and uh, on Lunds was a drawing of me holding up a, um, a, a bingo card that says, and every time there's an I number during bingo and it'd be like I 30, I would say, you know, it's funny. I almost 30. And on the <laughs> chalkboard, that's what it said. It says, you know, it's funny, I almost 30. And so we went to bingo, and turns out that night uh, was my lucky night because I won the big prize at the end. That's incredible. It was it was funny. <laughs> and then the next night, uh, I got home from, a, I think, work. It was the night I work late, and she made donuts, like cake donuts for us. And they had Reese's Pieces on them, and they were delicious. <gasps> That's amazing. The next night, uh, she, like... I was kind of wondering what the surprise would be, and she, we made dinner, and she was, like, in the kitchen doing something, and I kept popping in, and she was acting weird, so I just went and sat on the couch, and she came around the corner with our dinner, which was a uh, vegetarian, like, stroganoff, so, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, noodles and sauce and whatnot, but there was a candle in the middle of my, my noodles that was lit, <laughs> <laughs> so she put a candle in stroganoff, and that was night four, no, five. <laughs> And then, How did it stay up? Did she uh, like put it was, something on the bottom? It was in a, a veggie meatball thing. Oh, okay, okay. So that was holding it up, and but it was still kind of like rushed. Like, oh, like I did this for you, quick blow it out before it falls over. <laughs> uh, then That's so cute. Day six, uh, like day six was funny because I, I did not. I got home and we went somewhere, and she was. I was kind of like wondering where the surprise was because at this point it's my birthday's the next day. She's already done five days. This is day six. Like, what is it going to be? Right. And I looked everywhere for it, and she's like, yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. So then I kind of gave up, and I was like, well, I, I guess I don't know what it's going to be, or it's going to be, like, I don't know, something unmentionable. Uh, so then I walk in, into our bathroom, and all over our bathroom mirror, there are sticky notes, and there's 30 reasons why she loves me. <laughs> and they range from, like, when we watch Jeopardy and, like, are really invested in it, or, like, one just says, your butt. Um, <laughs> making dinner and all these like really cute things and I'm like oh this is amazing and then on day That's seven so- my actual birthday uh she gave me she made the balloons that she put on the thing she made them rain on me so she covered me in balloons and then got me a nintendo switch controller so now we have four that way we can invite friends over when i get mario party and we can all learn to hate each other Yes. <laughs> and then uh, she later found a coffee cup that she uh, lost or misplaced or something that has a bunch of bears just like going at it in various cartoon forms. So <laughs> there are bears 69ing on it and stuff. And it's a really awkward, cute cup. And uh, that was day seven plus. And it was a, it wound up being a very fun birthday. I saw the band Foxtails Brigade again. They played at Sophia's for the second time on my birthday. And that was really cool. That's and, awesome. Yeah, it, was, it wound up being a good time. Uh, I'm pretty sure Katie is a goddess. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> too good. Too good for this world. I, I don't think anybody. I don't think I've met anybody who's quite that thoughtful. So <laughs> props to Katie. <laughs> yes, it's funny because like when when everything like this is all said and done, because uh, on our anniversary she's done like these year long epic undertakings. Like one day she wrote in a journal and painted in it every day and for a year. And then collected all these like tickets and stuff for events we did. And when it's all said and done, she's like, "Oh my god, I was hiding that secret from you. I always wanted to tell you, and this was really hard." <laughs> and just like the process behind it's like really, really like, I don't know, it makes me feel special. Yeah, that's super sweet. Oh my god. Well, go, Katie. <laughs> I agree. Um, let's see. Trying to think of other stuff. Let's see. We moved oh. to a two-bedroom apartment in the Ooh, same uh, complex. Oh, so that, not much of a move. Is it better? <laughs> no, it's better. Cool. Um, Dan has his own like space now. He has a little office. 
and we have a bedroom that we can't sleep in because it's too hot down here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we just sleep out on the couch in the living room, which is really, really big and, and quite nice. And my office is out here. I say office, but it's just like my computer next to a bunch of boxes. And yeah, uh, the only problem that we have with it is that the, well, number one, there's no deadbolt. So that's cool. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, our power doesn't work very well. So apparently this complex used to be a motel and it's a very old motel and its electricity was wired for a motel. And so we can't run more than like three things at once <laughs> without the power completely shorting out the circuit. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, yeah. So we can't have an air conditioner in our room and his um, uh, office. So that's fun. Oh shit. That's that's something. You think that would have yeah, been updated in some way. Right? Wow. And like I I complained to them and they came in and they brought like a an electrician and he split the circuit so at least like our power is divided by like half and half. So like the front room and the and the kitchen are on one grid and then his office and our bedroom are on one grid along with the bathroom. Um and then I was like, well, I mean, we should get them in to, like, rewire it. And Dan was like, no, that's too invasive. They'd have to, like, go in and break down the walls. And I was like, no, because, like, that's not really fair. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's updated circuitry in some of the other apartments. I don't know. Probably, but I feel like that's something you would have to do when you're not living there. Because I don't I think guess. Dan's completely incorrect about them having to dig into the walls. But they could have done that while we were moving because, like, yeah, they had, like, a month between when the last person moved out and we were when we were supposed to move in and they could have done it or they could have just like delayed our moving to do it whatever that's no, rude yeah next place we get is going to not be a motel that's all <laughs> i know that seems like such a basic like completely understandable thing next time not an old motel you cannot <laughs> yeah. stop me I'll have to ask them when we're like asking what did this place used to be was it always meant for like human habitation so no matter where i live where i record music podcasts whatever i call it the cat box do you have a fun mm -hmm. name for your setup or does dan you should uh, i don't think he does he should you're right I'll, i will tell him to get on that all right and then you should too for your box and desk corner thing i will attempt to it should have a ridiculously long name like you do I like that. And then I can have a little plaque just like above <laughs> my computer monitors. Like yeah. one of those uh, desk nameplates, but then like the name part of it just spills off the side. <laughs> yeah. I just add several different like placards. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and they're like all in different fonts. Perfect. Which is a great is idea. <laughs> oh, man. So when, since we last recorded, have you seen many films? I have not because MoviePass is taking a shit. <laughs> I heard about that. Uh, is it like gone, gone, or is it? It's. I. I'm really on the edge of not like paying for it anymore because we haven't seen a movie since using MoviePass since Ocean's Eight, which I think we talked about in the last episode, meaning it's been at least a month and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. We saw Christopher Robin, but we we went to like one of the first things, and like it was about the time when MoviePass was doing this whole like first run of things they weren't going to cover and it became complicated so whatever right uh but since then they ran out of money they had to borrow money from somebody to fund their thing they cut their service down to doing three movies a month and that's completely understandable to me because like if you go once a month that pays for itself right so three great but of those three every day the movies that you can see change so Ew. yeah so like there's only maybe four or five that are currently in theaters that you could see and they're like it seems to be that it's like movie specific so like no matter where you are in the country if you want to see black Klansmen on thursday you can using movie pass but friday and saturday you may not here in davis like black Klansmen showing at the independent theater i think until thursday it might be gone now so this weekend they there was nothing else being covered by movie pass at the independent theater and the other one was just doing that muppets not muppet muppet movie uh happy time happy time murders or something like that oh yeah i it, saw 
a small poster for that, but I have absolutely no idea what it's about. Uh, I think it's kind of like Greg the Bunny in that puppets live in uh, real life, and then there's a murder, and then, yeah. Sounds horrible. So, uh, we are going to go, I think we'd agree to give MoviePass one more shot next time we go see a movie, and if it doesn't work due to their system being iffy, we're going to cancel, but it was it's fun while it lasted, and I kind of expected it to go down sooner. <laughs> but Christopher Robin was adorable. All the That's feels. good. I, I want to go see that. Um, I did see Black Klansman um, on Friday. So good. Cool. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I've not. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Um, Dan said that it was a little uh, extreme. I disagree with that statement wholeheartedly, but... Um, if you elaborate on extreme, <laughs> will that be a spoiler? No, because uh, I think you basically know the premise. Like it's this guy infiltrates the KKK, right? And they, it's Spike Lee, so he uses a lot of imagery. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that the imagery was very extreme, and I definitely didn't think it was. I thought, like all of the references to like current political things. Cause that's like the point of the movie is to show that we haven't made any progress. Um, all of the, the references to the current political happenings, um, are very on point and very needed. And like, I don't know, I thought it was just a really good film and I encourage everybody to go see it. I'm very interested in the premise and I think it could be cool. And it's just haven't made our way out. Honestly, I have never seen a Spike Lee movie to my, to my knowledge. I know of a mm-hmm. couple, but I've just not, not seen them. Well, I liked it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, people find him very inflammatory. So, I don't know. I think it's just because they're latently racist or whatever. And they can't handle it. <laughs> I, I, for, I didn't read the articles because I haven't seen the movie, so it would be out of context anyway. But a another African-American filmmaker w- was giving him shit for this movie. And, and I don't remember exactly. It was something involving the police in it. Like so, not vilifying them or something. Yeah. I So the do you want me to explain or like uh, are you going to wait? I, I'll, I'll okay. see it, but go for it. So... I mean, this guy is an undercover cop, and that's how he goes and, like, it exposes the KKK, right? Mm-hmm. And so they have – he and this girl have a conversation about how bad the cops are, and he takes offense to that. And he's like, well, I mean, I always wanted to be a cop, and I don't like it when you call us pigs. And I think – I'm sure that this person chastising him is chastising him in the sense that, no, we definitely do need to call all of them pigs because cops just latently have an extraordinary amount of power and it's not okay. And I mean, I disagree with that sentiment, but whatever. Because that's a whole different conversation on like political uh, philosophies. But, um, yeah, it, it's definitely coming from a place of how could you possibly like align with the police when they've been doing all this shit. But that's exactly why. Like, cause I feel like, I mean, I had this conversation with Dan too. I, uh, he, it has like a co-director, right? Jordan Peele. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what movie? his role in it is. Yeah. Uh, I He's, don't know. Because Dan said that Jordan Peele had a lot of um, say in this. And my... uh, Hold on. Director Spike Lee. Writers... Come on. Come on, internet. (laughs) God. (laughs) So bad. Um, My idea was that, like, this is Spike Lee. Uh, Produced with Jordan Peele and Blumhouse? Okay. Okay. So produced by Jordan Peele. Um, Dan said that Jordan Peele probably had his hands on a lot of a lot a lot of what was going on and made it a lot less inflammatory. And my idea was Spike Lee is uh, uh, getting out his frustrations with this movie, and Jordan Peele's like. Uh, 
influence was to make it more accessible and more relatable and something that people on the fence could more could be more easily swayed toward rationality instead of irrationality. But I don't know, like he was criticizing the fact that it was inflammatory. I see. So I don't know. And just for the sake of the uh, recording and the gentleman that uh, spoke out against the movie is named, uh, where is it? Boots Riley. He is involved in sorry to bother you. He's the director of that. So, just so I get the name out there. And mm. uh, that was from Pitchfork when I read about that. So, source decided. Hooray! Um, Interesting. So, uh, in lieu of movies, I have seen some theater, actually. Which is, oh, good! Which has been fun. Uh, kind of weird, but fun, ultimately. Uh, for Christmas last year, Katie Bear and I gave her parents, like, the gift of, we will fund your uh, viewing of a a play at the Sacramento Broadway touring theater thing. That's awesome. And uh, they wanted to go see Gypsy, which is something Katie also wanted to see. So we wound up going with them. And I don't know if you know the plot of Gypsy. It is about uh, Gypsy Rose Lee, who uh, is, <laughs> I, I, I don't really know the backstory too well, but is a burlesque dancer or was a burlesque dancer. And this is kind of uh, her life story. So seeing a movie about burlesque with her parents was a little weird. Sure. <laughs> but uh, we're married now. I'm in for the long run. It's going to get weird. Uh, but that one was interesting. I thought the songs weren't too great, but I thought the story was interesting and compelling. And uh, there's this one song in there. And I don't, again, I don't know how familiar you are with the play. Are you familiar with it or the musical or the songs or anything? So there's two songs in it that I think are worth noting. There's the big one at the end, which is called Mama's Turn. And I only know of the song because in Arrested Development, there is a scene when Lucille is out of the house and Buster's at home drinking what he thinks is juice. <laughs> and he's running around the house singing, Mama's gonna da 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 And just... <laughs> I never knew what it was from, and seeing it in its context made the scene so much funnier. That's it's, good. So you just started laughing right Yeah, I, I died laughing, because it's like the big emotional turn of the entire play, and it got a standing ovation in the middle of the, the performance, because the, the woman who sang it was like legit, but yeah. I was so taken out of it, because I just saw Buster <laughs> walking around. And then there's another song in it, which the whole beginning part of it is this woman who's forcing her kids into doing vaudeville acts. And the the kids are singing this song about like growing on a farm. And I don't know the name of the song, but it's about a cow. And the chorus, I guess, of it is one of her daughters going, Mamoo, Mamoo. And uh, <laughs> she's dressed in like a two-person cow costume and following around the sister who's being pushed into the star, into the spotlight by the mom. And there's this line. She goes, I got a moo cow. And, <laughs> and another thing, like, I guess like, this song is terrible. This is driving me insane. But I get why we're doing this, but I'm so pissed off right now. <laughs> and that song has stuck in my head ever since we saw it. And just that particular moo cow, the, the, that melody or something is haunting me. <laughs> and then bad. Uh, last Tuesday, we went to San Francisco to the Orpheum and we saw Katie Bear's favorite Broadway thing. Uh, we saw Les Mis. Oh, cool. So we saw a touring Broadway production of it. And I couldn't help think about you while watching it because many, many <laughs> moons ago, you and I went to a midnight showing of the Les Mis movie starring Hugh yep. Jackman. And we both cried our eyes out. Yeah, it was like super <laughs> sad, but like, like years later, I saw it again, and I know there's a ton of criticism around the movie because like it's an impressive piece of like film because all the singing that you're seeing is happening live. Sure. So some of the performances aren't as stellar as they could be, making you wonder why not just do it in a studio and then sync it and then have the performances be great as the and acting be on its own. But whatever. But uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe get a lot of shit for that movie and their performances in it. Mm -hmm. And seeing a stage performance of it that got so many emotions around me happening made me realize their performances aren't that bad. 
Really? Because Russell Crowe's character and Hugh Jackman's character, Jean Valjean and French Cop, a <laughs> lot of their their like exposition in the 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 theater or the play, whatever, uh, is kind of just sung in one note. They sing all their thoughts, and it's in this one note, and then they sing some more thoughts, and it's in this one note, and it goes slightly up, and it goes slightly down, and that was kind of uh, some people's gripe with with them in that. But that's just what they do, and it made me like, oh well. I mean, Russell Crowe wasn't amazing, but he wasn't shit, and neither was Hugh Jackman. I think Hugh Jackman was like kind of bad in Greatest Showman, but uh, it made me appreciate the movie a little more. And ultimately, like, I did not I did not cry during the play. I was kind of, I don't know, super sleepy or something. I just wasn't really feeling it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was it was good. It was successful. I think that Orpheum is a, a beautiful place to see just about anything. And, and we've seen, I think, Aladdin in this and that. And it was really cool. So I, I got my uh, my bit of culture happening there. And that was that was fun. That's good. I mean, I didn't like Russell Crowe in it because it didn't seem like he could balance singing and acting. And the same thing with, um, wow. My brain is off today. I am so sorry. Who do you need? I, I know like all their names now. <laughs> um, Anne Hathaway. Jean Valjean. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Thank you. Hugh Jackman. Um, that same thing with him. I don't think, I think he was trying too hard to sing and his acting was very poor. I had no problem because I I know that that's how like I know that's how they speak in more operatic musicals. So I had no problem with that. It was mostly just that they picked very bad people for like they they could have picked Broadway actors who would have done a better job. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's that's mostly what bothered me. They had to pick fucking movie stars. <laughs> like that's not. That's not who you pick for an like a an ambitious project like that, but whatever. Uh, what I'll say about Hugh Jackman and Greatest Showman versus this one is like yeah, that's that's absolutely true. They were kind of that's goes to my point about the um, the singing while filming being live not really being mm-hmm. necessary because in Greatest Showman, I don't think he did as well singing, but it was also super auto tuned. It was clearly recorded before, and he was like lip syncing, but his performance and like his choreography because. There's no choreography in Les Mis. They just stand there and be sad at each other and, and like, belt out their emotions. <laughs> right. But in Greatest Showman, he was able to act and spin and kind of be cheesy, and it, it, it benefited the show. And mm-hmm. I think if they weren't having to sing live, they could have performed better acting-wise. And yeah. Putting you on like, a, that's, yeah. That's not their forte. Their forte is many takes, and some of the takes are great, and most of the takes are fucking shit. And, like, that's a that's a very different acting skill than being on stage and, like, performing 100% every single night in exactly the same way. And, like, I don't know. It's not, it's not fair to people with that skill set to just be like, okay, well, these people, we know about them, and that's what, you know, sells tickets, so fuck you guys. <laughs> I don't know. I have very strong feelings about this. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, what is one of your favorite like musicals or theater things? Because I know you've done some acting in our friendship, but I mm-hmm. don't know how, how deep you go with it, um, to be honest. Yeah, not that deep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. My favorite musical... It's super cliche, but I really like Phantom of the Opera. Phantom was dope when we saw it. That was so cool. That might be my yeah, favorite. It's, it's one of my favorite, because... It, I don't know. It's, it's edgy. So like when you're a teen, you're like, oh yeah, it's super cool, and you like you super identify with the um the villain, the phantom, and then like when you get older, you're like, oh my god, like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and then you identify with Christine, and you identify with um the the lady who's like in love with the phantom. I don't know. But I like it because it's for all ages. <laughs> Something I thought was funny is when we saw Phantom, I guess it was last year now, maybe two years ago, I forget. There was a sign on the door, like on all the doors, warning about uh, a, the single gunshot in the show as mm. being like uh, something that might scare people. In Les Mis, there's an entire shootout on a pile <laughs> of chairs. And there was and no, no warning. No warning. 
like it scared me like it was pop 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 i'm like oh oh that's right this movie's set in like a revolution that should be expected but there was no warning of this how dare you well yeah i mean that's i don't know on, on the one hand yes you should know that on the other hand a lot of people don't have never seen lambas before so <laughs> that's kind of on them um have you seen Disenchanted yet? Uh, I've seen the first two episodes of it. Uh, so Do you far, like it? Uh, I don't know if I like it or not. Um, <sighs> it kind of reminds me of like late era Futurama where I watched it. I wanted to know what happened next, but I wasn't laughing. So I'm, I'm interested in the story, but it's not funny to me. Like I've, I've laughed a couple times, but I'm not expecting gold era Simpsons or, or original Futurama. But it's, I'm going to finish it and I don't know, probably want more. Yeah, no, I definitely want more. Like, I I prefer this, I guess, because, like, I don't know. I don't find laughing at cartoons very easy. So, <laughs> like, I enjoy this method of storytelling on uh, Graining's part more than I did Futurama. Well, now I do. Um, more than I do Futurama or Simpsons. Because, like, when I was a kid, I really enjoyed Futurama. Um not so much Simpsons, interestingly enough, but yeah, I do. However, enjoy uh, the fact that they have four fingers instead of three, so that Elfo can have three fingers. Wait, they have full hands? Yeah, they have full hands. They, so four fingers and a thumb. Yep. Oh my God, that's game changer. I wonder if this is set in like some other dimension where they're like on equal plane with God, because God's the only character in both Simpsons and Futurama that has four fingers. I mean, maybe. Uh, there, I saw some stupid clickbait video that was like, are Futurama and Disenchanted in the same universe? And I was like, fuck no, unless like people devolve to have only three fingers. <laughs> like, I don't know what you... <laughs> well, I saw something I saw something similar where like in the background on a hill, you can see the ship from Futurama somewhere like deep oh. in the show. And there's like uh, a Bender toy on a shelf or something. So there might be something to it. But also, I mean, there's <laughs> there's references throughout... Futurama to the Simpsons and later Simpsons to Futurama and like it's all graining it's all fine uh did you get the picture I sent to you I did get the picture yeah, you so, sent me so uh for the sake of our listeners <laughs> in the chair next to me my cat Dennis is just passed the fuck out in the corner oh she's stretching real good uh, she's usually being a menace when I'm recording but I guess we're really boring and geezer's on the floor behind me asleep as well <laughs> so, so I, cute I have one more thing before uh, I get to recommendations and whatnot sure um, so also since we last recorded and in the, the, uh, the realm of things I always do, I went to a show, but I went to outside lands, of course. Yeah. The big three day music festival in San Francisco. And I saw a bunch of cool shit. Um, I'm going to only really highlight a few, but I'm going to go over a bunch. Um, so I saw father John Misty, who I don't know if you're familiar with him, his voice, mm -hmm. He has like a, this really unique kind of vocal delivery that is sort of folksy, but he's got this like uh, existential crisis millennial sort of theme <laughs> to all his his lyrics. And, <laughs> and Katie first heard him. She's like, I bet this guy looks like a cult leader. And he absolutely does. And if any musician were to suddenly have a cult, it would probably be this guy. What's his name? Father John Misty. Uh, he Father John Misty. I'm just looking. Listen Continue. to the song called uh, Pure... <laughs> Listen to the song called Pure Comedy uh, when you get a chance, and then it's this kind of declaration about how shitty things are, and compares like religion to being just like this terrible thing, and like it almost seems like it'd be a proclamation of the beginning of a cult. Uh, but <laughs> I love his music and seeing him live. Like if he plays around again, I'm absolutely going to go see him. Maybe I'm part of his cult now. Uh, All right. I, brief, Good. I briefly saw Janet Jackson. Uh, we stayed until we saw one of her songs that we knew, and they were like, all right, cool, this is fun, but honestly, I'm tired. Uh, it's kind of similar for Florence and the Machine. The headliners this year weren't really doing it for me. They were The Weeknd, Janet Jackson, and Florence and the Machine. We stayed for, I guess I wanted to be half of Florence's set, and she's amazing live, but like she has a great voice, but I just don't like... I don't know, her. it kind of reminds me of like Adele and that I don't really know what you're supposed to do. It doesn't seem like something you want to see live, but it's still a spectacle. Yeah, I and all of her songs, I mean, no offense to her because she's very talented, but most of her songs sound the same. Yep. <laughs> so I'm with you on that. Uh, like her big song is Shake It Off or Shake, shake, a, shake Something, 
the hell's that song called? Doesn't I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name of the song. Yeah. Uh, but we stayed until dog days are over, and I was like, all right, this is the song I, I, I thought we, we were staying for in the first place. So cool. Or I thought this is the last song, but it's it's not. So uh, that was that was cool. Uh, we saw Churches, who were great. Um, Mountain Goats, who were also really good. Uh, Galactic Empire was announced like a week and a half before. They have mm-hmm. this thing called uh, Gastro Magic, where it's the side stage that no one really ever goes to. And it's mainly used for, like, cooking show demonstrations. So, uh, earlier in the day, Bill Nye was on one. And he was with somebody that was doing, like, kind of experiment sort of stuff. Like, where, like, they use uh, nitrous, or not nitrous oxide, whichever, uh, liquid nitrogen to, like, freeze something. And then do food chemistry with it. And he was just kind of there being Bill Nye. <laughs> so, like. That's cool. He, had, he probably had the biggest crowd I've ever seen at that stage because he's Bill Nye. And right. the the main crowd going to outside lands is like bill nye's audience they grew up with him so yeah, like we sense. even stopped we're like he we're on our way to see a band i really want to see but there's bill nye we have to stop for a little bit <laughs> so galactic empire was on that same stage later and there was just somebody who was doing like chocolate art they had a death star like maybe the size of a beach ball made of solid chocolate <gasps> and they were like that's so good they were like food painting it silver to look like the the death star and then dude make, that's fucking sick and they were making all these ships also out of chocolate that kind of looked like one of the scenes from i guess it'd be return of the jedi because it was the like fucked up uh death star that wasn't finished uh-huh. and the whole time galactic empire plays for like a half hour of just you know metal star wars music totally out of <laughs> every part of it was out of place every part of it was amazing that's awesome i uh, love it we saw this singer named Freya Writings. She just played piano, but has one of the best live voices I've ever heard. Uh, Ooh. she's It's like really just like slow, sad songs. And it may, kind of was like weird in between all the EDM acts that were happening. <laughs> and at one point, she was the only live act happening at Outside Lands on their schedule. And it was super strange. Um, hmm. We saw Portugal the Man, who are best known now for that song uh, from the Vitamin Water commercial with the dude from Breaking Bad. Uh, <laughs> nice. Feel it still. Feel it still. That's what it's called. Uh, but their set was like really cool. I've been a fan for them a long time. They've been putting off seeing them for a while. Like they used to play Harlow's in Sacramento all the time. They played uh, Golden One a bunch of times. I'm just like, eh, maybe, but the openers kind of suck. So this was me finally seeing them and I fucked up all the other times not seeing them. <laughs> uh, I saw my boy Beck. Beck was great as always. Good. Um, uh, some surprising people that were great. Carly Rae Jepsen was fantastic. Interesting. We watched her the last half of her set because we were trying to get close for Father John Misty, and she did "Call Me Maybe," and the place went ape shit. <laughs> and like everyone was singing, it was kind of this like really powerful moment where everyone was like on the same page and having a great time. And then, like, unfortunately, a lot of the crowd left. Just because I think they were waiting for that song to go see somebody else somewhere else. Odessa, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then we stayed for the rest of her set, and she's got, like, a really good voice, and her songs are, like, cheesy pop songs, but they're they're pretty solid. And she ended her set with this guy who I don't... who I thought was a guy from Queer Eye from The Straight Guy, but turns out it wasn't. But the guy from Queer Eye was absolutely there, so I'm not that <laughs> far off. That's great. Uh, but... I'm going to see if I can find his name real quick. Uh, so I'm just hitting my Instagram. All right. So his name is not on my Instagram. So never mind. Uh, oh, but aw, that's he, sad. He seems to be famous for coming out in. Well, so for Carly Rae, she entered with the song. This guy ran on stage wearing a wig that was red. And then he proceeded to take off seven more wigs <laughs> that were all okay. the colors of the rainbow. That's wonderful. Each, yeah, like each one was the color of the rainbow, and then at the end, he was wearing a final eighth wig that was all the colors. And I love him. Then he spun around wearing a rainbow uh, like cape and danced to her songs, and people were losing their minds. I didn't know who this dude was. I still kind of don't. I'm trying to find it. Here he is. <laughs> His name is not on here either. What's there? Oh, there it is. Okay. His name is Mark Kanemura. Uh, his Instagram is just him wearing these outfits and not much else. Nice. Like he's a ridiculously jacked man. And, uh, he got on the mic and said it was like some like goal and like live stream of his to play with Carly Rae. And it was like a really positive vibe. Um, 
the person I think stole the entire weekend almost didn't happen actually. Uh, she was a late addition to the the entire festival because Huey Lewis and the News were initially announced for the show, and maybe two weeks after he was announced to play, it was revealed that he's like deaf now, uh, doing oh. playing live, and probably will get hearing aids and ultimately be fine. Like the guy from ACDC had to do something similar, but uh, he canceled his appearance and he was replaced by Janelle Monae. Nice. And I am all about Janelle Monae right now. <laughs> and, like her album Dirty Computer is a masterpiece and she played a lot of stuff from that but she started like 15 minutes late and then went to her set which was about an hour which was just so good and mm-hmm. revealed like halfway through she's like yeah I've been throwing up all day with food poisoning it oh my like, god it was a little iffy if this is going to happen at all and I was like oh so that explains why she started late but other than that you would have no idea she, <laughs> oh she my just god. killed it it was so good and then her set actually made me tear up because she went to this, she had this like one ballad in the middle and she left stage because she had a bunch of outfit changes and her band went into Purple Rain. And I'm like, Aww. you guys can't do that to me. That's not even fair. <laughs> they just played like a guitar solo and all the lights on the stage turned purple and she came out and was like, thanks, Prince. And that was just like this quick moment. I'm like, you cannot do that to me in the middle of all of this. <laughs> but then... Uh, the person who I will, uh, you know, I, I could come, eh, fuck, I'll just do it now. My recommendation for the episode is this artist named Lizzo. Are you familiar with Lizzo? No. Uh, I, I know we've tried to do this before where I queue up some music and it doesn't really sound great on your end, but I'm going to play a little bit of her song. It's called Boys. It's from the single Boys. She is this, uh, like, kind of R&B singer, rapper who is all about body positivity Uh, She herself is very tall, and uh, she's just this big, very, just like proud African-American woman who all her songs are about being a big, proud African-American woman and how she will fuck you up. And (laughs) the song Boys is about how she doesn't need a man, but she she likes the sex. So (laughs) she played the song, and it's it's really catchy. It's really good, and her catalog is solid. Baby, I don't need you. I just wanna freak you. I heard you a freak too. What's two plus two? Oh, three, two, oh, hey. Uh, so, so, uh, boys is what she's saying there. Four, three, two, one, boys, and uh, uh. all the lyrics are just these like really like fun like intricate rhymes about various types of boys that she finds interesting. Like it even (laughs) ends with uh, for all the gay boys, go out and slay boys. Like, and she's got this huge gay following. And I found out like the band Haim went on tour earlier this year and Lizzo opened and Haim are this, like it's three sisters and a drummer. And they play this like kind of uh, like echoey pop rock stuff. And to have Lizzo open it is just insane. Because she has two dancers that go out there wearing like thong bodysuits. And she, at Outside Lands anyway, was wearing this just like bright yellow tutu. And like just killed it. And it was so good. And (laughs) we were kind of killing time before I think churches maybe. I don't even remember. But it was just like, oh, this was totally worth it. And uh, so Lizzo, very good. I highly recommend her. I wish she just put all her singles together in an album and make it a nice, easy purchase from iTunes. But also people know albums anymore. So I guess she's on the right page there. I mean, I guess, but why wouldn't you consolidate? That's weird. Anyway. Because you can charge $1.29 for each song. But if you do an album, like you're expected to like, I don't know, maybe 8 to $10 for 12 songs. It's it's definitely more cost effective to go single by single. Plus, yeah, also but, when you finish writing yeah. them and putting them out, you can just not have them banked. That's true. I don't know. Whatever. So, what? Do you have a fun case or something to teach us? Whichever way you want to go. I have a case. Uh, I don't know that it's really a fun case. It's just like here's all kinds of corruption in sports. Yeah. I'm taking <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a sports in the law class. Um, this semester and one of the first cases uh, that ever came about was Milwaukee American Association v. Landis. Landis was the first um, baseball commissioner and 
basically what happened was they sued him for making a decision about um, like punishing one of the oh, hold on <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know look this is like a once a week class all right <laughs> um I thought it was the oh no 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 the there one I'm no thinking <laughs> of there is a Landis he was the first commissioner but um I believe the outcome of that was that the commissioner can basically do anything um controlling they or, hold on Courts give deference to the commissioner. So basically this case says that sports are different from everything else and they need their own type of law, um, which I think is fascinating, especially considering like esports and what's going to happen there. Because I don't think there's been any judgments in esports. Um, but the case I was thinking of was American League Baseball Club of New York v. Johnson. And it was just this guy who decided to up and leave in the middle of a, a game, and he just walked off to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the president of the American League uh, suspended him, and he got in trouble. Uh, uh, do you know if he then, caught any fish? I do not know if he caught any fish. Uh, I assume that he caught fish because if he really liked to go fishing or preferred that to playing baseball, you know, he's probably a good fisher. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have two questions. You, yes. You mentioned that you think it's interesting for uh, sports to have its own law, but you are studying video game law. Would that be? Well, that's why I think it's interesting because I think I think video games fall into that category mainly because gamers are fucking weird, and <laughs> like honestly, like people who play video games on a regular basis have a very different outlook on things and like. They have their own marketplace and they have their own, um, like, concentration of ideas, um, which is a paper that I wrote that I still haven't edited to go publish. Um, but I think, I think comparing these two would make for a very interesting paper and a very interesting analysis. Fair enough. Second yeah. question. Uh, having little interest in sports... <laughs> how is that treating you or how much sports is there in this really there's a lot i mean like it's it's all sports because it's all it's all about the third the intermediary between the player or the um association and the law um that's why it's it's different i guess you could say in quotations um so like most sports have a commissioner or like that that one body of extrajudicial law that's just like no you can do that you can't do this or yes you can do this and like um, people appeal that to whatever sometimes regular courts or whatever or um, like other aspects of law and sometimes to other um, extrajudicial like arbitration and that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it's interesting to me because, like, I've been, like, since being with Dan, I've been to several baseball games and a football game, and I've watched sports on television because he still likes sports. He used to play sports all the time. And, uh, <laughs> you video game people with uh, different <laughs> minds, there's one screaming in the background, special guest yeah. of Danitage. <laughs> um, and so, like, I've been learning a little bit here and there, and it's interesting to hear from the very business perspective versus, like, what's actually happening on the fields. Um, I think it, it increases my enjoyment because I look at things from a very, like, logical perspective, <laughs> and I don't really understand sports from, like, an emotional perspective, so it makes it actually far more interesting to me to learn about it this way. Cool. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh avoided some sports related media class because i was like i feel like it's just going to be me editing people running at each other and i don't want to do that <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't need to do it for like my degree or anything but i don't know maybe it would have been good for editing experience or something but anyway i, I mean i i think it might have been but i think number one it probably would have been very good for getting um a job in like tv editing because yeah, it's probably. very much it's very much like you focus on a very action-oriented shots 
and you're not doing like storytelling, <laughs> you know? Sure. Makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, that, does that do it for our episode or do you have anything else for us? I do not have anything else I because I live a very boring <laughs> life. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to talk to us, you may do so at facebook.com slash blipcast. We are on Twitter at blipcast, or you may email us at blipcast at gmail.com. I'm at Ovacord. She's at Lady Laumis. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Um, I don't know how that whole system works. Huh? Yeah, so, he, I mean, he just has this whole convoluted, like, microphone into mixer into his computer, and he, like, changes all the levels and stuff. So I think just having a headset and working through Skype is better. Good. I mean, for, it sounds good to you. It sounds good on this end. I, I think I would vote this over the other option. Okay, myself. can do. Awesome. You know. <laughs> Uh, so shall we just dive in, I guess? Sure. 72, I think. Hold on, I'm going to double check the episode number. Okay. Using the only way I know how. Google? No, no. What is going on behind you? No more What? Oh, Dan is, is, well, not recording. He's streaming right now. I can close his door all the way if you want me to. It's fine. Well, we'll consider it like a guest spot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so this will be 72. All right.